0: Welcome back to Counting on Grace, Chapter 23, Arthur. Miss Leslie come back the next week. She snuck off to one of those committee meetings up in a little town north of Bennington. She told us she heard there that Mr. Heim took pictures of kids working in all the mills around Vermont and that he was fixing to write up a report with those pictures and send the committee a copy. I shall get one also, she tells us. He promised to send me pictures, I say, and a notebook. Mr. Hine makes a lot of promises, grunts Arthur. They moved him and his mother to the back of the room the day after I told him they would. He barely speaks to me now when we pass in the row. It's not my fault you got moved, Arthur Trottier, I want to say, but I'm leaving him be. I've got this feeling that he'll explode if I so much as look at him crossways. Changing minds takes time, Arthur, says Miss Leslie. I know how you feel, though. I'm as eager to have you back in school full time as you are to be here. I doubt it, he says, and buries his nose back in his new book. She gives him a look that says, what's wrong with him? But I just shake my head. "'cause for once, I don't know what to tell her. I'm itching to move my pencil into my other hand the way I started doing in Mr. Dupree's store when I write down those lists for Papa. But Miss Leslie is standing behind watching me the whole time. The steamy hot air is making my skin stick to the bumpy wood of the desk, and I've got to keep waiting for my clumsy right hand to catch up with my brain." I peel one leg off the seat of the chair and then the other. Outside, I can hear the kids yelling down in the shallow part of the river. None of us knows how to swim, but we all know how to cool off on Sundays. Suddenly, this whole schooling business seems stupid to me, and I put down the pencil and stand up before I even know what I'm doing. Miss Leslie, I am never going to pass no test for the normal school. I am never getting out of the mill no matter what you say. Sunday is the only day I've got to cool off in the river, and that's where I'm going. At least that makes Arthur lift his face out of his book. They both stare at me for a second without saying nothing. Last time, Miss Leslie threw me out of school. Now here I am again, quitting on my own. You're right, Grace, she says with a nod. Go on. I'm halfway down the hill before I wonder what I was right about, that I'm never passing no test, or I'm never getting out of the mill, or that Sunday is the only day for the river, or all of it. It don't matter what she thinks, I tell myself. One afternoon, I'm doffing Edwin, who shares a row with Mrs. Trattier's first frame. Arthur don't name his machines the way I do. I can feel Arthur moving along behind me, but I get done first. When I turn around, I see him crouch down to reset the builder. Nothing strange about that, because he always does that for his mother. But then, he walks back to the gearbox and begins fooling around in there, which is a thing we're never supposed to do. I think what's he cleaning in there for? It's still early in the week. And then I hear him yell ready at his mother and she's got her head down. And without her knowing she's going to be spinning more than thread. Her foot finds the rail to jog. The belt moves, the gears turn and Arthur's hand gets picked up and carried around. Almost like he meant it to. Maybe the screaming is coming from me and maybe it's coming from Arthur but all I know is he's gone and put his fingers in that place between the sprockets and they're chewing his hand all to bits. I run to his mother who's lifted her head because of the disturbance, but still she can't see she's spinning her boy's bones into thread and I butt her from behind. I shove her foot off the rail and yell at her to throw the shipper handle, throw it, jumping to try and get it. But in the end, it's my mare who reaches up over both of us and shuts that frame down. Ends are popping all over the place, and I can just see the top of Arthur's head where it's lying on the greasy floor. By the time I slide my way up there, French Johnny is lifting him, and there's blood mixed with the oil. And when Arthur's face bobs past me, flopping along in French Johnny's arms, his eyes are closed, and his face looks like pasty gray, like bread dough. Is he dead? I ask the air, and someone whispers behind me that the boy's hand has been mangled by the machine, and he's passed out from the pain. Whenever I close my eyes, all I see is his hand disappearing into the mess of gears, and the sick come up my throat. Arthur lost the middle two fingers on that hand. His good one. The one he writes with. The doctor from the next town come and sewed up whatever pieces of the insides were hanging out. And now Dougie says it's all wrapped up in a fat, dirty bandage. Arthur ain't been outside the house since it happened. But Dougie peeked in the window to look at him. Dougie would. He don't understand a thing about privacy. People are talking. He must have been trying to clear lint out of the gears. It wasn't cleaning day. He's a dizzy one. Whatever was the boy thinking? I'm the only one who knows Arthur was fixing to do whatever he had to so he's could get out of the mill. I just never did imagine he would commit a crime so horrible against his own self. Even if I had figured out what he was planning to do, I was never giving Arthur no cause to call me tattle again. And maybe this time I should have. Thinking like that makes my head pound something terrible. My mother says nothing for once. That first night when I can't sleep, she makes me up a hot brew of herbs like she used to do for Pepe. When I throw it all up, she still don't say a word, but calls to Papa. He wipes my face down with a wet cloth and holds me in his lap, till my stomach starts turning over. I fall asleep like that. (laughs) Mrs. Trottier's machines were down all the rest of that day, and the next. When she dragged herself back in on the third day, Mamère and Delia both covered for her when they could. Mamère even sent me over to doff for her twice that afternoon. She was all in a muddle, Arthur's mother. I had to remind her two times to clear her scavenger rolls, and she looked at me with those empty eyes like her mind was far away somewhere. Not one of us is working with any heart in it. At break, Mamère don't even try to get the women singing. We sit in a circle and chew our food and swallow, as if we are pushing rocks down our throats. All I can see is Arthur's hand disappearing inside that gearbox, and when Dougie wonders out loud whether pieces of his fingers ended up in the thread, I slap him so hard he actually shuts up for once and stays as far away from me as he can.